Hello, Set Apart Saints. This is David Nakao Wilcoxon. This audio is from the Olivet Discourse Decoded video series. The videos were low-tech, mostly me just reading what's on the screen. So you're not missing much in the audio version. The Olivet Discourse Decoded PDFs that I refer to in the lessons can be found at www.theolivetdiscourse.com. Enjoy the lesson. Hello, Set Apart Saints. In this video series, we've covered the context of the Olivet Discourse, how it's related to the prophecies in Daniel 9 and Daniel 12, and how it's part of Messiah's declaration in Matthew 23 that judgment would come upon the unbelieving Jewish leaders in that generation. We've covered the verse-by-verse explanation of Matthew 24, verses 1-14, through which leads up to the major sign of the abomination of desolation in verse 15, which is the topic of this video. The 17th week of Daniel 9 decoded book disproved the concept of a futuristic 17th week of Daniel, the need for a supposed seven-year peace agreement with Israel, and a rebuilt temple where the Antichrist commits what people call the abomination of desolation. People base their understanding about what the abomination of desolation is on Daniel, when Antiochus Epiphanes surrounded Jerusalem with his armies, then entered the temple and sacrificed a pig on the altar. A pig sacrifice or a pagan statue placed in the temple would be an abomination, but nobody except those in the temple would see that happen, so it's not a good sign for the saints to know when to flee Judea. What we can take away from the narrative of Antiochus Epiphanes is that he brought his army and surrounded Jerusalem. And this is the same thing that happened when Cessius brought his army to Jerusalem in November 66 AD, which is a sign that everyone witnessed. So let's prove it out. Context is everything in understanding Bible prophecy. Daniel 9, 26-27 foretold the temple and city being desolated. It says, And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with the flood, and unto the end of the war desolations are determined. And for the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolate, even unto the consummation, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Daniel is pointing to a war during which Jerusalem and the temple are desolated. For a war to take place, an army has to come against the city and surround it. In Luke 19, 41-44, we see Messiah mourning over Jerusalem as he came into the city. And when he was come there, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou had known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the day shall come upon thee, that thy enemies shall cast a trench about thee, and compass thee around, and keep thee in on every side, and shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee. And they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knew not the time of thy visitation. So the time of thy visitation is Messiah showing up to carry out his ministry in the seventh week of Daniel. Thine enemy is the Romans who control Judea. Messiah is proclaiming that the Romans will surround the city and then desolate it. In Messiah's parable of the menace, in Luke 19, he proclaimed, But those mine enemies, 
which would not that I should reign over them, bring hither and slay them before me. He is pointing to the Roman army, who slew hundreds of thousands of unbelieving Jews in that generation in 70 AD. In Messiah's parable of the vineyard owner in Mark 12, 9, Messiah declared, What shall therefore the Lord of the vineyard do? He will come and destroy the husbandmen, and will give the vineyard unto others. He's pointing to the unbelieving Jews being destroyed during the Jewish-Roman War of 66-70 AD, and the kingdom being advanced by believing Jews and Gentiles. In Messiah's parable of the wedding feast in Matthew 22, Messiah said, But when the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies, and destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Once again, we see Messiah proclaiming that an army will be sent to destroy those who delivered him up to be killed, and that Jerusalem would be burnt up. At the end of the Jewish-Roman War of 66-70 AD, 1.1 million Jews lay dead in and around Jerusalem from famine, pestilence, infighting, suicide, evisceration, crucifixion, and by the Roman sword. In 70 AD, in that generation, and the home of their nation, Jerusalem, and their beautiful temple was burnt up. So the context of the Olivet Discourse is about the desolation of the Second Temple and Jerusalem and the Jews. And this invalidates that it's about a third temple in the end times. This key sign was given to cause the saints to be protected from the time of Jacob's trouble, which was due to come upon the Jewish nation. So let's look at scripture to see how the prophecy of the abomination of desolation has already been fulfilled. In Matthew 23, Messiah condemned the scribes and Pharisees and told them that all the righteous blood that they shed would come upon them in that generation. Messiah was leaving the temple for the last time, and he called it your house, meaning he and the father had abandoned it and he left it to the Jews. Because the Jews killed the prophets, they killed Messiah and his disciples, they were forsaken and sentenced to utter desolation. In Luke 21.6, Messiah said this when he looked back upon the temple. As for these things which ye behold, the days will come, in which there shall not be left one stone upon another, that shall not be thrown down. And then they went to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples asked him when that would happen. Their questions were recorded in three of the Gospels. Matthew 24.3 says, Tell us when these things shall be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world or the end of the age, the end of the Jewish age. And I covered that in a previous video. Mark 13, 4 says, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? Luke 21, 7 says, And they asked him, saying, Master, but when shall these things be? And what sign will there be when these things shall come to pass? So they were asking Messiah when the coming destruction of the temple would take place and what sign should they look for before the desolation of Jerusalem. Messiah's purpose in this discourse was not to give his people signs of his second coming, but to warn that generation of believers of the approaching destruction of Jerusalem and to give them a sure sign so that they could secure their safety by fleeing Judea. So Matthew 24, 15-16 says, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whosoever readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Mark thirteen fourteen says, 
But when you shall see the sign of abomination, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing where it ought not, let him that readeth understand. Then let them that be in Judea flee to the mountains. So when it's saying, whosoever readeth, let him understand, let him that readeth understand, Messiah is saying, you need to understand the prophecies in Daniel and what Daniel declared to understand the fulfillment of this prophecy. Matthew and Mark recorded similar words, but Luke gives us more details, which defines the sign of the abomination of desolation. And this is why we need to read the narrative of all the Gospels, to combine the explanations and get the full narrative of the fulfillment. Luke 21.20-21 reads, And when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed by armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out, and let them not that are in the countries enter thereinto. So don't return back into Jerusalem if you're out in the country. She noticed that Luke didn't give any reference to Daniel. So in other words, Matthew and Mark say, look to Daniel to see the explanations. But Luke didn't say that. Why? Because he just gave you the definition. So you don't have to reference what Daniel was implying because Luke gives you the exact definition. When you see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. So Matthew and Mark are writing to a Jewish audience who understood that the abomination of desolation pointed to a pagan army surrounding Jerusalem to desolate it. Luke was writing to Gentiles who lived outside of Judea, who may not understand Daniel's narrative about Antiochus Epiphanes bringing his army to surround Jerusalem. So Luke made it plain in telling them what it is. The word abomination means, according to Hebrew and Greek lexicons, anything that is peculiarly loathsome or detestable. The Romans were an abomination to the Jews, who detested them because of their pagan lifestyle and because they controlled Judea and the Jews. The Roman standard represented the sun god Mithras with an eagle surrounded by a golden wreath and a solar disk. The abominable standards of the pagan Roman army were the sign that the desolation of Jerusalem drew nigh. Josephus noted this about the way that the Roman army marched. Then came the ensigns, encompassing the eagle, which is at the head of every Roman legion, the king and the strongest of birds, which seems to them a signal of domination, and an omen that they shall conquer all against whom they march. So Josephus is not a Christian. He's not trying to prove out prophecy, but he tells you right there that to the Jews, the Romans are an abomination and that when they present their ensigns with their false gods, that that is their signal that they're here to conquer whom they come against. Luke 21, 24 confirms that this section of Messiah's Olivet Discourse was fulfilled in 70 AD, not in the end times. It says, And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles, until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. The desolation of the temple refers to the fall of Jerusalem in 70 AD, at the hands of the Romans, less than 40 years within one generation after Messiah's death. The Romans are the Gentiles that are being referred to, who killed hundreds of thousands of Jews by the sword. The times of the Gentiles that is being referred to is the 1290 days and 1335 days of Daniel 12, which foretold the time of Jacob's trouble at the hands of the Gentile pagan Roman army. 
during the Jewish-Roman War of 66-70 to AD, and I'll explain this more in a future video. But people misconstrue this passage to declare different periods for different people, called dispensationalism. But that is not the passage's context. It's pointing to the time that the Gentile Romans were sent to trod down and desolate Jerusalem. That's the time of the Gentiles. Because of all the Jews' abominations, including delivering Messiah up to be killed, and then persecuting his disciples, Messiah poured out his wrath on the Jews through the Gentile Roman army. So here are some commentaries on the abomination of desolation that help you see that this isn't just my interpretation. Smith's Bible Dictionary from 1863 says, A sign of the approaching destruction of Jerusalem, with reference to Daniel 9.27, 11.31, and 12.11. The prophecy referred ultimately to the destruction of Jerusalem by the Romans, and consequently, the abomination must describe some occurrence connected with that event. Most people refer to the standards or banners of the Roman army. Adam Clark's Commentary on the Bible from 1837 says, This abomination of desolation in St. Luke refers to the Roman army, and this abomination standing in the holy place is the Roman army besieging Jerusalem. This, our Lord says, is what was spoken of by Daniel the prophet in the ninth and 11th chapters of his prophecy. And so let everyone who reads these prophecies understand them. The Roman army is called an abomination for its ensigns and images, which were so to the Jews. Josephus says the Romans brought their ensigns into the temple and placed them over against the eastern gate and sacrificed to them there. The Roman army is therefore fitly called the abomination and the abomination which maketh desolate, as it was to desolate and lay waste Jerusalem. And this army besieging Jerusalem is called by St. Mark, standing where it ought not. That is, as in the text here, the holy place, as not only the city, but a considerable compass of ground about it, was deemed holy, and consequently no profane person should stand on it. Albert Barnes notes on the Bible from 1832 says, This is a Hebrew expression, meaning an abominable or hateful destroyer. The Gentiles were all held in abomination by the Jews. The abomination of desolation means the Roman army, and is so explained by Luke 21.20. The Roman army is further called the abomination, on account of the images of the emperor and the eagles carried in front of their legions, and regarded by the Romans with divine honors. Mark says, standing where it ought not, meaning the same thing. All Jerusalem was esteemed holy. The meaning of this is, when you see the Roman army standing in the holy city, or encamped around the temple, or the Roman ensigns and standards in the temple. Barton W. Johnson, in the People's New Testament from 1886, says, Luke says, when you see Jerusalem compassed by armies. This was, therefore, Christ's explanation of the abomination of desolation. The Roman army, heathen, with heathen images and standard, rated a sacrifice to idols on the temple altar, working the desolation of Jerusalem and the temple, is what is meant. In the holy place, Mark says, where it ought not, around the holy city. Koch's commentary on the Holy Bible from 1803 says, Whatever difficulty there may be in these words, it may be cleared up by the parallel place in Luke 21, 20-21. Whence it appears that the abomination of desolation is the Roman army, and the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place is that army besieging Jerusalem. 
This, says our Savior, is the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet in chapter 9 and 11. And so let everyone who reads these prophecies understand them. The Roman army is called the abomination because its insights and images were so to the Jews, among whom every image of a man and every idol was called an abomination. The Roman army, therefore, is fitly called the abomination and the abomination of desolation as it was to desolate and lay waste Jerusalem. And this army's besieging Jerusalem is called standing in the holy place, the city and such a compass of ground about it being accounted holy. At this juncture, all who believed in Christ left Jerusalem and removed to Pella and other places beyond the river Jordan, and so that they all marvelously escaped. We do not read anywhere that so much as anyone perished in the destruction of Jerusalem. Of such signal service was this caution of our Savior to the believers. John Gill's exposition of the entire Bible from 1809 says, The Roman army is designed, see Luke 21.20, which was the wing, or army of abominations making desolate from Daniel 9.27. Armies are called wings, and the Roman armies were desolating ones to the Jews, and to whom they were an abomination, not only because they consisted of heathen men and uncircumcised persons, but chiefly because of the images of their gods which were upon their insides, for images and idols were always an abomination to them, so the filthiness. Matthew Poole's Commentary on the Holy Bible from 1683 says, The Roman armies, which being made up of idolatrous soldiers, and having with them many abominable images, are therefore called the abomination. Those words of desolation are added, because they were to make Jerusalem desolate. And so St. Luke, who hath not these words, possibly gives us, in the other words, the best interpretation of them. In Luke 21.20, And when you shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. When, saith our Lord, you see the abominable armies standing in the holy place, that is, upon the holy ground, as all Judea was, whosoever readeth those prophecies of the prophet Daniel, let him understand that as through the righteous judgment of God he once suffered the holy place to be polluted by the abominable armies of Antiochus, which he foretold, so he will again suffer the holy place to be polluted by the abominable armies of the Romans, who shall make the holy place desolate, which was prophesied by prophet Daniel, as well as the former. Therefore, saith our Savior, when you see the Roman armies pitch their tents before Jerusalem, be you then assured God will give Jerusalem into their hands, and then all that I have foretold shall come to pass. Dr. Thomas Newton, in Dissertations on the Prophecies from 1754, says, The abomination of desolation is the Roman army, and the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place is the Roman army besieging Jerusalem. This, saith our Savior, is the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet in the ninth and eleventh chapters. And so let everyone who readeth these prophecies understand them. The Roman army is called the abomination, for its insights and images which were so to the Jews. So they are all saying the same thing, that the army surrounding the holy temple in Jerusalem was the key sign which Messiah's followers saw in November 66 AD. By this, they knew that Jerusalem's desolation was at hand, and that they needed to flee to the mountains for protection, and history shows that they did exactly that after they saw the sign. But I was curious about the followers of Messiah who were north of Judea, as the Roman army attacked the cities of Galilee and Caesarea in October 66, killing many people. Were the saints killed in those attacks? 
when I looked at the witness of Josephus and other historians of the time, I found my answer. Signs in the sky of an army appeared in the clouds during the spring holy feast days in 66 AD, surely alerted them to the pending desolation. This gave the saints in the northern regions the sign to flee to the mountains for safety. In Luke 21, 7, the disciples asked for a sign when the temple would be desolated. The Strong's Greek Dictionary word for sign means an indication, especially ceremonial or supernaturally. Miracle, a sign, a token, a wonder. The sign for the saints in Jerusalem was Cestius and his army surrounding the city in November 66 AD. But another sign took place in the sky in the spring of that year, which gave warning to all of those in Galilee as the northern provinces were attacked first. This supernatural sign appeared so that they knew to flee to the mountains for safety as the Romans' desolation drew nigh. Josephus witnessed chariots and troops of soldiers in their armor running about among the clouds. It says, besides these signs, a few days after that feast, and on the one and twentieth day of the month, a certain prodigious and incredible phenomenon appeared. Suppose the account of it would seem to be a fable, were it not related by those that saw it. Were not the events that followed of it so considerable a nature as to deserve such signals? For before sunsetting, chariots and troops of soldiers in their armor were seen running about among the clouds and surrounding of cities. Medieval Jewish historian Yasser Yosefan expands upon this angelic army in the sky by saying, Moreover, in those days were seen chariots of fire and horsemen, a great force flying across the sky or to the ground coming against Jerusalem and all the land of Judah, all of them horses of fire and riders of fire. Roman historian Tacitus documented an army in the sky and lightning. He says, In the sky appeared a vision of armies in conflict, a glittering armor. A sudden lightning flash from the clouds lit up the temple. Tacitus published these accounts 30 years after the event. Josephus recorded it just 10 years afterwards, so people living during that time could have denied the accounts so they would not have proclaimed them if they were not true. Cebius of Caesarea affirmed this event. He says, For before the setting of the sun, chariots and armed troops were seen throughout the whole region in midair, wheeling through the clouds and encircling the cities. So we can see that the sign that Messiah gave to flee Judea was fulfilled in 66 AD, and that the saints saw the sign, and that they fled to the mountains for safety. The unbelieving Jews didn't know the sign, and the Roman army desolated them during the Jewish-Roman War of 66-70 to 70 AD. In the next video, I'll explain how the saints were able to escape Jerusalem to flee to the mountains for safety like Messiah told them to. Thank you for listening to this Olivet Discourse Decoded audio. You can save and print Olivet Discourse Decoded PDF summaries. You can request a free copy of the Olivet Discourse Decoded book, or order a printed copy at www.theolivetdiscourse.com. Please share this podcast audio with others so that they can see the glory of Messiah in the fulfillment. I love y'all. Shalom.